Welcome to Let Me Know How It Is, a podcast about all things geek. Today, we're taking a look at some unmined potential. What are some properties out there that could be huge if only given a chance? As always, however you may be finding us, please don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And thanks for listening. Alrighty, so we're talking unmined potential today. The concept here is uh, what properties are out there already has to be an existing property uh, that would do well with some love and attention. I'm Zach Slater. I'm Frank Melman. I'm Tommy Smithereens. I'm Clifton. So this is going to be kind of a round robin episode. We're just throwing properties out there that we think have a ton of potential and where we would like to see it land. Do we want to see it as a movie, a TV show, a comic, etc.? Uh, Clifton, you want to start us off? Yeah, I mean, when I've been thinking about this, I think almost everything that I thought of has been something or attempted to be a movie or TV show or something at some point in time and either just was never very successful or didn't happen at all. But there have been like at least announcements or attempts made at most of the things I thought of, but I I would just like to see a successful attempt to land. And uh, one of them that I've always wanted is more stuff with Legend of Zelda. <laughs> Just like I love the world. Are you, uh, like, are you serious? <laughs> You're not serious. Are you serious? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why? What's the matter? Nothing. 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 <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. It was, okay. it was one of mine, too. I'm crossing <laughs> yeah. off my list right now. <laughs> yes. I, in fact, I'll stand right at it. That's what happens when you don't go first. I can tell you from experience. That happens. Oh, oh, my God. It was in my head. Yeah. I, I know how that goes. All right. So go, go ahead, Clifton. What's your idea for it? It's something we had the animated series once upon a time. <laughs> when did that come out? The animated series was 87, oh, I think. Oh, yeah, I was oh. like in first grade. They ran 13 Jeez. episodes, and, and all anybody remembers from it is, excuse me, princess, which yeah. became the catchphrase in every single episode. That's its only notoriety okay. yeah. at this point. It ran on like the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Yes. It Captain would run on Fridays. It was like the Friday segment, and yep. Super Mario Brothers was every other day or something like that. We used to run home on Fridays for that, though. I will, I will be very honest. That was, that was huge for us. Oh, he's introduced by Lou Albano as, as Mario. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It was so 80s. I remember that. Cindy Lauper's dad? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cindy yes. Lauper's dad. Anyway, go on. Okay. So, so what do you love about the property? So, actually, where, where do you want to see it land? You want a movie? You want a TV show? Well, like when I was researching it a little bit, I did find that back in 2007, Imagi Animation Studios, who did the TMNT movie and the Astro Boy movie, mm-hmm. oh my tried God. to throw their hat into the ring to make a Legend of Zelda animated movie, uh, where they created a pitch, but then Nintendo passed on it because of their lack of success with their previous movie being the 1993 Super Mario Brothers film starring Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo. Sure. So Nintendo had always been a little gun shy sure. about uh, licensing their properties out to other people. I mean, currently, there is a Super Mario Brother animated film from whoever does Despicable Me and all that. Yeah. Mm, Imagination, yeah, is that the studio? Illumination. Illumination, yes. They're currently in development on a super Mario one. So maybe, maybe if that goes well, it'll, it'll warm them up to, to some of their other properties. But I mean, really I'd like, I'd like a series just because of how big the legend of Zelda games are in their scope and adventure. And uh, it's just like the world is, you know, so vast and has so much mythology behind it. Like there's tons of stuff that anybody could do with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There's a ton of backstory that can be mined right. with it. And Yeah ton of locations like the world building alone right uh, yeah there's alternate versions like every game it's almost a different world <laughs> just with a lot of stuff similar so there's there's different iterations people could could draw from mm-hmm. yeah the thing that's always been puzzling to me about legend of zelda is is yeah because i know nintendo's had kind of like that embargo where like it wouldn't go out to let their stuff be optioned but i couldn't believe that like we never even got a comic book for it 
you there, know? There have been a few manga released that... Oh, really? Yeah, some yeah. tend to adapt storylines from the games themselves, so they're kind of like just like comic book adaptations of the game stories, like Link to the Past, I believe, got one. Uh, and then some of that stuff had been imported from Japan over here and published, translated and published in America. But uh, yeah, nothing, nothing original to America that I know of. I got you. Okay. Well, shut my mouth. I was wrong. <laughs> uh, Tommy, why don't you jump in since this was on your list too? <laughs> yeah, it was on my list. Oh my God. Yeah. But I didn't want it as an animation or animated movie. I was thinking since we got The Witch and Lord of the Rings, it'd be right for a live action version. Uh, I'd totally be down with live action too. Yeah. And and then I'd make it to the point that he never speaks like the game. Right. Aaron right. speaks, but him, he'll just make like noises and grunts, but never <laughs> speaking ever. But no, I agree with uh, Clifton. It, it It's perfect for um, that type you of. You wouldn't have him say, excuse me, princess, like every five <laughs> nope. minutes? Nope. Nope. Uh, just like the game. He would okay. not talk. You you might hear wow. the um the fairy talk form. Hey, listen, all that little stuff. That might be that might be thrown in there, but nope, Link doesn't talk, and I maintain that. Hmm. But I'm not gonna take Clifton's idea since he rightfully put it out first. Um, I was thinking something that me and um Zach talked about a while ago was um Top Cat. Okay, <laughs> I love Top Cat. <laughs> And it's something that's not never visited. I'd make no. a live action version of it, but I, I'll just change it from what me and Zach stated earlier, but do it, make it star studded with certain people. Like I'd make Top Cat Eddie Murphy. Oh, right, right. Okay. Yeah. We were like yeah. dreamcasting this for yeah, a yeah, minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to make it like a star studded, but we, we kind of had it so that it was built around African-American characters. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In which uh, certain celebrities would play certain key roles. Like Benny will be played by um Cedric the Entertainer. Um, who else? I'm trying to think. Um, who's on OG? The OG um from SNL. Tracy Morgan. Tracy Morgan. He'd be um the one slow cat. Brain. Brain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's what I was thinking about as far as a particular franchise to be revitalized in that regard. And Eddie, yeah, Eddie Murphy would definitely play uh Top Cat. We said we said Will Ferrell is Officer Dibble. Yes. Also, yes. too, right? Yeah. 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 We did say that. We and we did. had like Kevin Hart is like fancy fancy. Yes. Who yes. do we have as Choo Choo? You're I'm trying to think. <laughs> I can't remember who we had as Choo Choo. Yeah, we had we had something perfect for Choo Choo. I can't think yeah. about the individual. But it was built upon um African American comedians. Oh man, yeah. No, I'm with you. I still want that. I do too, man. Oh man. You kidding me? That'd be a great movie. It's waiting to be made. Everything's there. There was like an anime, like a CG animated movie that was like released in Mexico, I want to say, or something. <laughs> what? Yeah, like not that long ago. Really? I want to say like within maybe three or four years. Oh, wow. Ago. Wow. Yeah. Does anybody remember this? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> no. no. So that's like a fever dream to me. This yeah, does yeah. not sound familiar to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like after a, but, uh, a couple of uh, shots of tequila or something. Yes. You know what would be great? Top Cat movie in Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't know that one. But no, but I love Top Cat. I just want to see it brought back in such a way that shows its comedic form. And yeah. Okay, I did some quick research. It appears <laughs> Top Cat the movie was known in Spanish as Don Gato y su pandilla. Literally, <laughs> okay. Top Cat and His Gang is a 2011 uh, Mexican Argentine animated family action comedy film. Really? Oh, wow. Yep. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's our next spotlight. Don Gato <laughs> and His Gang. Wow. Yeah, we got to try and dig up that dream casting list that we had because it was really good. We had a lot good. of really good ones yeah. on there. And, and, like, and, and the choo choo thing is driving me nuts because we had somebody perfect for it that could like kind of do the voice too. It was like, all right, TC. Was it Dave Chappelle? Did we have Dave Chappelle? Yeah, as we had Dave Chappelle as yeah, Tutu. <laughs> Dave Chappelle as Tutu. Yeah, but we we just run the gamut on oh. on particular um characters or, or who would be the voices, or if not the embodiment of that. But that's my pick. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go see Legend <laughs> of Zelda too. That's like both of, both of them for sure. I'm in. All right, Frank. What do you got? 
Well, I mean, it's it's probably going to surprise no one that it's going to be a series I've talked about that I'm a big fan of. It's one of those series that I that I talked about when we did our you know we did our animation uh, March Madness. Um, for me, it's Dungeons and Dragons. Like I don't understand why you know when we've this had was, like this was actually on my list as well. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> didn't happen to me for once. So <laughs> basically, I mean, it's one of those you, you've had like what was that you had the Dungeon Dragon movie with uh, was it Marlon Wayans that came out? Yeah, and Jeremy Irons and Thor Birch. Yeah, it wasn't very good. <laughs> you know, people didn't really respond to it. Right. And then, you know, that was around 2002, I think. Right. If you don't, if you know, you know, obviously Dungeons and Dragons is a thing that everyone and their mother seems to be playing, but no one played it when I was in high school or junior high. It was totally uncool and, you know, would get you derision at that point. (laughs) But, you know, now like uh, Joe Mental, whatever his name is, who's going to be Deathstroke, you know, he has a game, you know, Community did a couple episodes where they played Dungeons and Dragons, which were great. You know, Vin Vin Diesel's a big gamer. So sure he is. Um, anyhow, <laughs> he wrote anyway. the forward to the 30th anniversary book for yeah, Dungeons he's huge. and Dragons. He's huge in Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, he loves that. that. Dungeons and Dragons, Fast and Furious. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's the show itself is is based on the on the tabletop game that was around for like the mid you know late 70s, early you know 80s till now. It's been a thing. You know, people play it, but the show itself is basically you know in the in the in the opening credits it sets up the premise of you know, there's these six kids, they go on a Dungeons and Dragons ride at a carnival or a fair or whatever. They go on the ride. And next thing they know, they end up in the land, you know, the, the world of Dungeons and Dragons. They have enchanted weapons. Um, they're led by the dungeon master and they face off against, uh, usually with like Venger or like the six headed dragon Tiamat, right? Those are the main two, you know, adversaries or villains, you could argue for a whole series. And their whole premise is they help people within the realm. And then they also are trying to get home. Right. That's it. It's explained. I mean, explained perfectly. It's one of those great shows that does does all the heavy lifting right out the gate by telling you in the in the theme song, this is what's going on. Right. So it ran for like three seasons. You know, um, I know it was one of those shows that like, um, you know, it has a strong following. But I mean, it's not one of these where I don't understand why it hasn't been anything more than, you know, I know they put out a collection that had like. Uh, all the episodes and then the final episode that never was shot or never was recorded or never was um, produced, animated. Right. Yeah. Never was produced. But they say it's like, you know, if they did a radio play, the, the, I think the only voice actor they got back for it was the girl that played Sheila, the thief. Okay. But you can get it. I'm sure it's on YouTube, but outside of that, there hasn't really been, you know, it's one of those things where I, I think there's a bigger following for it than, than maybe if, if not here, I know, um, Elsewhere on the, in, in the world, like in Brazil, they had a car commercial. It's a live action car commercial for it's the Renault Quid Outsider or Quip Quid Outsider. <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen the car before in my life, but it's a, it's a Brazilian made car or Brazilian, you know, sold car about the six kids doing live action. They're, you know, they're fighting Tiamat and Venger shows up and they escape in this car and they get back to, you know, back to the fair that they started at where they rode the ride. And that's like, you know. It's a great, it's a great commercial. It's well produced. It's well made. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, like they're they're like Pirates of the Caribbean, Dungeons and Dragons type ride that takes them to another world. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it transports them to this this other to the Dungeons and Dragons realm. And I, and I think it's one of those things where, you know, with all your like your Stranger Things and your shows that are on Netflix that you know with like The Witcher and stuff, I think it'd be a nice fit to bridge that to world of, you know, they're kids from our world that ends up in Dungeons and Dragons. Right. You know. And then they basically are trying to get home. And it's one of those, again, like, again, I, I, when I was, the one time that I was in Brazil with my wife, we went to a small con there and there was a guy that played, you know, that was cosplaying as the dungeon master and his costume was great. So I don't know <laughs> if it's one of the things where it, it runs down there or it has run down there for a long time. I don't really know. But at least in Brazil, it had a pretty big following or does have a big following that people recognize. But again, you know, it's one of those things where we can, I guess we can attach the YouTube, um, commercial right onto this episode yeah and you can see that they you know whoever did it you know obviously you know did a really good job of making sure the kids look like the kids in the cartoon and venture and dungeon master and tiamat all look really good so but i think as a show i just think the you know it's one of those great concepts of you know we're fish out of water we have these magical weapons we don't really know what it's all about and we're trying to get home right so that's my choice that's that's my first choice is what i would love to see in a live action like netflix show okay I was a big fan of that scene of that series as well. And it 
ran for three seasons, it says, but it was still only 27 episodes, which sometimes yeah. seems more than I remember and sometimes seems less than I remember because I was really into it. I had the same feeling. I ran from 83 to 85. Right. But just like the amount that Dungeons and Dragons permeates like all of pop culture now, I just can't fathom why there isn't more stuff with it, like right. with Stranger Things and everything. Yeah, it just seems well, like such an easy property to tap. Did you find, did you happen to find a who, who right now has the rights to it? Like, is it, is it Marvel? Is it not Marvel? Oh, I don't know. They produced the cartoon back in the eighties, right? Right. Yeah. Is that Mm -hmm. cartoon anywhere? The original? Is it like on Hulu or anything like that? Do you guys know? I don't know off the top of my head. I'll try to find out. No. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't either, but yeah, it's, it's one of those where it's, you know, I mean, the voice cast had like Willie Ames and, and Adam Rich and that from eight is enough. And Donnie most played, uh, Eric, the ranger who was, you know, had a magic shield and was kind of a douche. And Peter Cullen, right? As, <laughs> yeah. As Venger. Yeah. Peter Cullen's other big claim to fame besides playing Optimus was playing Venger, this main villain. You know, when you don't really, you know, you think of Peter Cullen, you don't really think of him as playing the bad guy, but, you know, he was a convincing, scary bad hmm. guy. So. That sounds cool. Yeah. yeah. It's a good yeah. show. It's, not it's a nice lot, show. It's, it's a lot Very of fun. Nice. Yeah. I got to try yeah, it out. Yeah. I've ne- I've, that's why I'm asking. I've never actually seen, seen any of it. But, uh, you know, I, oh. I, I know I know it's in high regard to, to the three of you. I have this. I mean, I have the whole thing. So um, and I think Dini, I think Paul Dini wrote for it. Yeah, I think Straczynski did, too. OK. Yeah. So it's one it's like it's the top of my list of things like again, which, which like uh, Clifton was saying, I don't understand with with this push for, you know, where I turn every time I turn around, some celebrities playing D&D, you know, I just go, OK, but, you know, did you guys watch? I mean. I understand playing the game and then watching the show, the two totally different things, but I would think if you played the game, you would probably know the show and like the show too. Got it. I cut you off for a second, Tommy. What did you say? Oh no, the the character that uh Frank was referred to was Cavalier, the guy that shows Cavalier. Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Um so was it the guy with the arrows was a scout? No, he was the Ranger. He's the Ranger, yeah, Ranger. you're right. That, Ranger. That Eric was Eric, the one played by Donnie Most was Cavalier. Yeah. Yeah. My bad. But yeah, yeah, it was the rank. Was it the Cavalier, the Ranger, Barbarian, Acrobat, um, thief, thief, and Wizard? And Wizard, yeah. Which is nice because it's you know it sort of sets up the various classes in D and I mean, it's not you know you don't really have to know much about the game to to enjoy the show. But you know, it's a, and again, like I said, if you really want to know what it's about, when we link the we'll link the the car commercial and we'll link the um, opener, the opening for it as well, so you can see exactly what the show's about. Yeah, definitely check it out. Let me know how it yep. is dot com. Yeah. Clifton, did we find a spot for it yet? Yeah, is it is it running anywhere? Not that I can tell. Uh, <laughs> it does not appear to be streaming anywhere at the moment. That's too bad. There may have been a DVD set though. I can't I can't quite yeah, there remember. Is the, there's a full collection, like I said, that I, I have that they okay. did back in like two thousand nine, I wanna say. It's a full it's done. Um if you remember, if you've ever played D D or ever bought like a starter set for it, um it's got a slide top that comes off. So it's done very much like a starter set for D and D. And I even had, um, the character sheet. So if you wanted to play the characters in the game, like in your own D and D game, you could, you can include them as well as had all the episodes, had all the back stuff. And then also had, um, I believe it's a radio play of what was supposed to be their final episode. Oh, well, uh, that's cool. So yeah, very cool. All right. So we got yeah. legend of Zelda, uh, anywhere really. Yeah. we got top cat movie and we got, uh, dungeons and dragons, Netflix, Live action. All good picks. All good picks. Okay, so for my first one, I'm going to do Johnny Quest. All right. Okay. Johnny Quest, I would like to see, again, this is kind of anywhere, but really, because animation's like my first love, I would like to just see another cartoon series done with it. Um, I, I can't quite put into words like why I like this show so much. It's just sort of like I, I like the adventuring aspect of it. I like its its science bent. Um, but what I thought was really cool is that so back in the 60s when they were making the show, they actually had like kind of an eye towards uh, what was conceivable in the in the field of science. Right. And tried to include that stuff into the show. So I thought it would be really cool if we got a modern day Johnny Quest that's sort of like a post Apple post internet post ipod right mm-hmm. um and you could kind of like take that and just extrapolate where all of that stuff's gonna be like 10 years or so 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 i i would want whatever version this is i would want it to be like required 
that the writer's room had a subscription to like popular science magazine. Like it was just like all on, on the tables. Like when you go to a dentist office, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, um, I know that there was a movie in the works a couple of times at one point, like Zac Efron was attached to play Johnny when he was young. This is like in the high school musical days and stuff like that. And hmm. the rock was supposed to be, uh, uh, race Bannon, hmm. which, uh, you know, I'll take it. I would take it any way I, I could get it. But no, I just think it'd be really, really cool. Um, I don't think that you could quite ape the um, the visual sensibilities of it because it was a really special looking show. I think even today, I don't think anything quite looked like Johnny Quest, but, you know, maybe you could. I mean, maybe the Archer style can be kind of a a little bit of a bridge. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. What do you guys think? I think Jenna Quest is one of the ones that's tough because like, I, I feel like, yeah, I would like to see it done again in some, you know, in some way, shape or form, but I think it is such a product of its time. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I think it's just, it's such a snapshot of, you know, of, of that, the particular, like you said, it's like they try to apply that science to the time and the, you know, try to give it, you know, I don't know. I don't know how you would do a lot of the, cause a lot of the, like a lot of your villains from Johnny Quest, if I remember correctly, are like, you know, are kind of, are kind of your, your Bondy, you know, your, your, your classic James Bond type, you know, science fiction kind of a, not quite science fiction, but more like atomic age villainy type stuff. Yeah. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong, but okay. I mean, it's like Bond villains are still a thing. You just, just yeah. update it all. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm saying. I just think that like, that's what I'm saying is like, my biggest thing is just like, as much as I, w- I would like to see that, I go, well, you know, a lot of this stuff is rooted in, in that particular <laughs> spot. Not that it couldn't happen. I'd like to see it. It's not one that was on my list, but when I like when you said it, I'm like, oh, why wasn't that one on my list? Because I was a big fan too. Yeah, and like I would, I don't know, because I've seen like the modern iteration or the more modern iterations of the animated series, and like they don't quite have the same magic. I think of original '60s one for various reasons, like Zach was saying. But I'm like, maybe a period would work, like a period piece style type of thing would work, where I'd want to still see it set in that time even mm. like planning it anachronistically of like right. yeah we know that's not how stuff worked out after that but like we'll just imagine it how they imagined it then and that's the world we'll get yeah that could be cool too because you would like for that i think i would prefer maybe like a live action so we can get like 60s mod right. style like put yeah. in there too and have it like if it if it could be like as stunningly visual uh like x-men first class was just as far as you know, like the suiting and, and stuff right, like right. that, which is which is one of my favorite things about that movie. I think it could be really cool. Right. And you get like a version of the cell phone, but like a version like, like a wrapped up in how version. the 60s would have done. A, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Also cool. Also cool. I just had it in my head like a modern day that it would look like Star Trek. Yeah. Like like the like the Abrams Star Trek in places, right? Okay. Like like a lot of lens flare. Yes, absolutely. Oh, a ton of lens flare. Absolutely. A lot of shaky cam. Nice. <laughs> um, no, but just like, uh, you know, just, just the very, very, like, not the clunky science aesthetic, but like the sleek, you know, touchscreen, uh, you know, I guess at this point it would probably be like hologram mm-hmm. <laughs> looking thing. Right. And what is funny is that, like, you know, so we had the watch communicator in Johnny Quest, which we got the Apple Watch. It kind of right. came true. <laughs> sure. So yeah, it sounds something similar to uh, what you call it. Uh, you, are you talking about the special effects similar to Lost in Space? Which Have Lost in Space that? are you talking about? The one on Netflix. That's the one on Netflix. You're not talking about the, the Gary Oldman one. Oh no 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 <laughs> <laughs> no 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 no. That's dated um, by uh, by those current Netflix standards because the special effects are spot on. It deals with kids, but it's sort of. I mean. I would like to. Don't be wrong. I would love to see Johnny Quest, Sean Astin, now what you're talking about. But I, I feel like it's been mined in different areas. You know, it's mm-hmm. um, like hell. Artemis Fowl might be a, a push towards that as far as a kid taking over and being tech savvy and um, doing things on his own. Not to say it's the same thing, but it's uh, so many of that stuff is six degrees of what's already been mined concerning um, what's been out now. That's all. Okay. I can't believe you guys are giving me, uh, <laughs> well, Tommy and Frank, you guys are right. giving me pushback on Johnny Quest. No, I, Come want, on. It. I want I'm it. I'm not but, pushing back. But, <laughs> but I think it, it should be a period piece. I don't think it should be done now. 
because there's there's a certain um elegance to doing things in a certain time frame. That's why I believe it as. I would like to see a super scientist in the 60s as opposed to now. Now it would be creepy or just weird. I think yeah. I think there's a certain elegance to, to okay. um, Johnny Quest in the past and how they used it. Uh, hell, if what we know, that's probably why they they're where they mined Bond villains from. Yeah. Well. Okay. I think I think Bond predates Johnny <laughs> Quest, but. Ah. <laughs> uh, well. Yeah. Well, but. Uh, but yeah. No. I mean, I just think that there's a way to do it, with, and I, and I don't want to spend too much more time on it because I want to give Clif- Clifton a shot at his at his second one. But I, I mean, I think there's a way to do like idealistic science again. Okay. Okay. You know, um, it's out there. It is out there if you dig for it. Um, people are excited about it. But anyway, okay. So Johnny Quest in animation and or movies. All right, Clifton, you got another one? Yeah, and this one is one of like my biggest loves ever, and it is still utilized in other parts of the world. Just it's never materialized much in America, despite many attempts. And that is Robotech Macross Saga. Okay. Specifically Macross Saga, though I do love all of Robotech. But it's currently, there was an announcement in September of 2017 that Sony was working again on another adaptation. Uh, this one's supposed to be directed by Andy Muschietti and okay. written by Jason Fuchs, who worked on the Wonder Woman movie. Muschietti, I think, is it, if I'm correct on that. And nothing else has come <laughs> since that announcement almost three years ago. So I'm not sure how that one's going or if it'll be another failed attempt. But uh, yeah, I mean, if people don't remember, Robotech was an American series that basically cobbled together several different Japanese animated series from the time. The first chapter of it is called uh, Macross Saga and deals with a alien ship crash landing on Earth. And then the resulting plot is that the humans figured out they weren't alone in the universe and decided to start studying this ship to be prepared for whatever else might come looking for it or come after it. And then in the first episode, the aliens do show up looking for that ship. And by that time, the Earthlings have developed defenses based on technology they found there and start trying to fight back. And it's just never materialized as a movie despite several attempts. And uh, and I would love to see it. It just it's like a giant space opera slash soap opera sci-fi epic, and I've always loved that one. I think Tommy is also a fan of that one, if I remember right. Oh, huge fan. Yeah. Huge fan. Ever, ever since um, Jetfire came as a Transformer. Right. Yeah, that was my link to, <laughs> Which to Robotech. Jetfire was a repurposed Veritech fighter from Robotech. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm all with you on that one. Yeah, I mean, it's just there's a huge world, and the, and the series does keep going where Robotech stopped here, and then it's been different versions of it. From there's a whole huge other story into a battle over the rights and who has the rights to what and what they do in America with it. But the Macross saga has kept going in Japan for the past 30 years, so there's different wow. Macross series that take place in different time periods before original Macross, like prequel stuff to generations later. Uh, all of that's great, but it's just never materialized more here. Okay, so that explains it. Okay, so I didn't know. I mean, as you were saying it, it, it kind of I was puzzled as I'm like, I can't believe Netflix hasn't tried to make this happen yet. <laughs> yeah, you know? there's there's complications. <laughs> okay, uh, in the rights and stuff, there's always a struggle going on with that, and it's hard to to figure out the details of it at, at times. But uh, Sony apparently thinks they have the rights now. To, to the Robotech property, so we'll see. But I mean, something about it that I that I think serves its purpose well now is that it was always like a a multinational cast of characters. Like that was always clearly the case as part of the plot was that they were sort of like a an updated version of the UN. They talk about a unification war where they basically made the planet one government before mm. the aliens arrived. Or yeah, before the aliens come back looking for the ship. So like the cast is very clearly supposed to be like a uh, Japanese pilot. Uh, Rick Hunter here, his original name was Hikaru, and then but then Menmei is clearly Chinese. Uh, Roy Foker is German, I believe. Max Sterling is British, I think. So even the characters in the original Japanese version were supposed to be from all over the world. So it's a melting pot. 
which I think makes it fun. Yeah, I believe, yeah. Claudio was what, from America, I believe? Yeah. Like they're yeah. supposed to clearly be an international force. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it sounds cool. Where, what did you say you wanted it as? A movie? Uh, or a yeah, TV I mean, show? take a movie series or a live action show at this point in time. They okay. could do it right by live action show. Cool. Probably better than movie because it is such a soap opera. <laughs> it is a complete and total soap opera. Yeah, that's the trouble I've been hitting even with my list. It's like movies are like like it's hard to get the the, the serialized component yeah. from it, like like to do it well, because it's spaced out usually like three years or so and everything. Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I remember watching that one when I was like eight years old on TV and like it is such a soap opera. There's like there's like abusive romances and alcoholism <laughs> and, and all this stuff. And I'd be sitting there like watching it with my friends on after school and like my dad would come in and be like, what are you watching? Like, what is this? <laughs> so like, it's, like it's great. Star. It's got robots too. <laughs> right. So it is like Battlestar. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Very cool. Okay. Yeah. I'm in again. Two good choices. Tommy, what do you got? Segwaying off of your yeah, anime love. I was thinking um, Akira. All right. Um, I know it's been always okay. been tossed around. Yep, it's always attempted. Yeah, always attempted, always spoken about a live action version. I think um, Taika Waititi was even attached to a live action version. Yeah. So it was, um, mm-hmm. what's his name from The Departed? DiCaprio. DiCaprio, thank you. Yeah. Was also attached to it as well. I think but Jordan Peele was mentioned once. Yeah, oh, wow. Jordan Peele was mentioned. But forget all the live action glory of the movie. <laughs> I want an honest depiction of the manga as a series from start to finish because i don't think the ma- the manga was ever mined for accuracy as a anime that's what i would love because the okay. movie as great as iconic as it was in groundbreaking it was a shortened or ameliorated version of the manga i just okay. want an honest showing of it because they've done it for other animes like um right full metal alchemist in yeah, which brotherhood. damn it yeah brotherhood damn near shot for shot from the manga they redid it to 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 not do akira to me is a travesty because akira came on 82 ran for eight years as a manga and finished mm. and then uh, and, and to make it even funnier it depicted i think 2019 was when the year <laughs> it take place in the right. books ah. so to this day, they still haven't um, visited. I mean, now, mind you, I don't want those ideas come to fruition in this day and age, because that'd be horrific. But um, <laughs> I would just love an honest depiction of it in anime form. Or or just, you know, Netflix, just do a show based right. on Akira. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Wow. Okay. You sold me on an Akira anime series. Yeah. <laughs> because Because I will tell you. Um, as much as I love cartoons, I think the Akira movie is super overrated <laughs> and you could, uh, send your hate mail. You can leave your hate mail in the comment <laughs> section at, uh, let me know how it is.com also, or email it to hate mail. Yeah. Let me know how it is. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> yeah. That'll work too. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know why. Like, I love the beginning of it, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, no, I'm with you. Like if they did, if they did sort of like a, like a manga accurate uh, version, I would watch it. I would certainly give it a try. Oh no, the manga is great. Uh, the, yeah, the I agree. Movie I've is, read the the manga series is yeah, phenomenal. It's phenomenal. It, it, but in the movie, you have people that are pivotal to the series that only get like two minutes of screen time, if if you even hear mm. them. So mm-hmm. they, they shorten out stuff. They change outcomes. There's also translation problems with the first. Uh, dubbed version that made it to the states back in '88 or '89. Like yeah. that one is just the script is horribly translated. They did a much better translated script around 2001, I think it was. And that ending is hard to explain if you don't read the manga. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it leaves you wondering yeah. what did I just visit or see? Like it, it, it begs interpretation. I haven't seen anyone that doesn't ask, what did I just see after they see the ending of the movie? <laughs> right. Yeah. No, exactly. And that's my problem with it because I had always thought it was about like bikers. Oh no. And then, <laughs> that, movie, that movie takes a hard left <laughs> at some point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I like pivot- the biker stuff yeah. a lot. It's a beautiful movie. Look, I, I, I completely understand. And, and 
And, you know, it is, even though it's overrated for me, it is completely deserving of its place in the pantheon of legendary animation. But, you know, I just, you know, it's not for me. But I would watch an anime for sure. I would give it a try. And I'm, and you know me, Tommy, like I'm very like picky on anime as much as I like cartoons. <laughs> you know, I pick and choose very, 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 uh, I'm a snob when it comes to it. Let's be honest. Anyway. <laughs> no, there's so many to choose from. I don't blame you. As long as you, as long as you don't tell me that uh, Dragon Ball Z was the greatest of all time, uh-huh. you know, which a lot of people <laughs> tend to believe. But yeah. All right, Frank. All right. So this series came out in 80 and only went from 80 to 81. And I'm going to sell it. I'm going to give you the, the, the voice, of, like the opening for it. So the year is 1994. From out of space comes a runaway planet hurtling between the Earth and the moon, <laughs> unleashing cosmic destruction. Man's civilization is cast in ruin. 2,000 years later, Earth is reborn. A strange new world rises from the old, a world of savagery, super science, and sorcery. But one man bursts his bonds to fight for justice. With his companions, Uku the Mock and Princess Ariel, he pits his strength, <laughs> his courage, Hello. and his fabulous sun sword against the forces oh of evil. God. Oh my God. He is Thundar the Barbarian. Ah, it's a good yes, one. Of course. I thought that was dinosaurs, but uh, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> that almost made my list. But no, Thunder the Barbarian to me is one of those. I'm like from its pedigree alone. I don't understand why there isn't a push. Why it's not in comics. There's not another animated. I mean, we've had like we're on like our what fourth or fifth He-Man reboot at this point. Right. Yeah. And there's been one Thunder from like 40 years ago at this point. Explain to me why. Him, not let's say Conan. But I never understood the difference in, in Thunder, but uh, please explain it to me. So basically what it is, is, is it, at the time when it starts, it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be 1994, even though it's, it, it, the show is in 1981. So it's supposed to be like 12, 13 years ahead. And then a runaway planet comes by, the, it runs between the Earth and the Moon, reeking like it opens in the, in the opener, you see like the seas rising and collapsing cities. And then yeah, like it cracks the moon in half. Yeah, yeah it cracks the moon in half. So 2,000 years later, after this event, this cataclysm, this, this apocalypse, the world comes back together and there's like, you know, there's a mix of science and sorcery, like it says in the opener. And then he, for some reason, has this sun sword that, you know, basically is a hilt until he picks it up and it's like a lightsaber. And then he's barbarian and fights with Ukulamak and Princess Ariel, who's a magic user. And they basically go around and they, you know, they find old tech and they, they basically are trying to, you know, upset the balance of, of that evil has got t- basically taken over this future world that was once Earth. Yeah, it's a it's a post apocalyptic thing as opposed to as opposed to like just a pure like fantasy. fantasy. Okay, right. All right. Yeah. at the yeah. time that I came across it, not to not to say anything disparaging concerned, I just never understood it because I, I I was guess at an age that it didn't really sink in for me, and I had nobody you know pushing it like <laughs> right. you to be quite honest. Yeah, no, I mean I think Conan is a close parallel for for me at least in my head because I didn't watch a ton of Thunder either. I've seen mm-hmm. the opening a hundred times. And yeah. I, that bit where he tackles the guy is like one of the most mm. beautiful pieces of animation <laughs> ever. Awesome. Well, I mean, but let me, let me, let me, let me just say like, like from again, this is one of the things where Steve Gerber is the guy that, that created Thunder that I didn't realize until I started doing some research. I didn't know that Steve Gerber oh, no also created, also created Howard the Duck. <laughs> okay. Like cool. I didn't know that, like that was his other thing. Like it was him and like uh, Joe Ruby and Ken Spears helped develop it. And then I guess uh, it, it, Gerber also with the, with Marty Pasco who just passed recently. Right. Um, yeah. they developed that they developed Thundar for for it was on ABC, but like Steve Gerber, like I said, created Howard the Duck, had a really long run on Man Thing at Marvel, wrote for Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, he wrote a ton of stuff. Right. So it was one of the things where I was like, oh. And then when you go even further, that Alex Toth is the one who designed designed the main characters. He designed mm-hmm. yeah. he designed Ariel and and Thundar and Ukla, and then because he couldn't finish up the, doing the the secondary characters, Jack Kirby comes in and yep. finishes up the the, the, yeah. the secondary <laughs> characters. <laughs> So, yeah. so again, the pedigree alone of the show, I'm just like, why is no, I mean, I understand it's owned by, I think it's, it's Ruby Spears and I don't know who owns Ruby Spears, you know, all their catalog of stuff. But again, it's one of those things where just from that alone. And then on top of that, you had Chuck Dixon wrote for it, Marty Pasco, Mark Evanier, uh, Steve Gerber wrote for it. So I think Roy Thomas and, and uh, Jerry Conway might've wrote for it. So you have a fair oh, amount of wow. people that were in, Hey, yeah, there's a fair amount of comic involved people that, I go, you know, just from the setup and the people that were behind it, why has, you know, why no one has done anything like in a comic or, I mean, I don't want to, at this point, 
with I'm fine with movies, but like you were saying, we try to get a serialized show or a serialized thing out in movies is kind of tough. I would want to get again. I'd probably see it on Netflix or one of those streaming services where you could do an actual series as opposed to just doing a movie or two. Yeah. No, I'm in. Yeah. No, I was like in my head, like I said, it was. It is kind of like a Conan, uh, Conan O'Brien, Conan, <laughs> Conan the yeah, Barbarian like- thing, but it's like it's Conan the Barbarian. Like if the world was like kind of a blend between Mad Max and Escape from New York. Yeah, kinda. right. You know what I mean? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. No, God, Thunder. Yeah, no. And, and when you rattle off the name of writers, that blew me away, too, because that's like those were like that was the heyday for some of those guys. Like those guys were yeah. either like just coming up or like right. in their prime at that yeah. time also. Well, I mean, we consider like Chuck Tyson did a lot of like G.I. Joe, too, right? Didn't he, he did a lot of those as well. I believe so. And I think he did some Disney stuff, too, didn't he? I yeah, could I be wrong so about that. I thought I thought he did like some Rescue Rangers and stuff like that. But yeah, my, my, I mean, again, like I said, it's just one of those things where I look at all the creative people that are behind it. And I'm like, no, there's no reason why this should just be a, 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 a footnote 40 years ago. And you <laughs> said, like I said, some of that opening animation, like when they're showing like it's almost like a. It's right before he tackles the guy in the opener. There's also the bit where he like he does the bit where he breaks his chains, <laughs> you know. And he says, you know, there's the bit where he, they show the aliens, and you can tell those aliens are well designed. They're not just like throwaway secondary characters that you know what I mean. Like you can tell there was yeah. some time and care put into that animation and those characters, and it's awesome. So no, for sure that that tackle that tackle is the thing that jumps in my head about that animation about yeah. that opening. Weirdly, as much yeah. awesome stuff as there is. But the animation so be- like there's weight. There looks mm-hmm. there appears to be weight when he like brings him down, right? Like yeah, it's <laughs> you know it's really nice. Yeah. I mean, it, they, they they had put out Warner Brothers. I guess I think it was the 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 company that put out there was a um, I want to say I'm not for sure, but someone put out a, there's, there's a complete series you can get of the DVD. I don't know if it's airing anywhere. It was on Boomerang at one point. Boomerang's even still a thing, and then. It had the the complete series, and then I know on YouTube you can look at the back, like one of those behind the scenes thing that was on. Not unfortunately, not in the set for the the, the series. It was on one of those where they gave one of those sampler discs where they gave you like all these like first episodes of eighties cartoons. Okay, but it was like it was like Thundar and Mister T and like you know oh I okay and like Elkabong and stuff right <laughs> and the Flintstone Flint, the Flintstone cops or whatever the heck that show was oh. and. <laughs> Yeah. Oh uh, man, then, hang on. Like El Cabong wasn't on my list, but I would take that too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. So my so my second choice is Thunder the Barbarian. That's the second one I want to see. And so, I mean, I'll take a comic. You want to give me a comic? I'm good with that too. Yeah. But I would much rather be a live action. Again, another live action. Who do, who do you want series. to write the comic? Really quick. Uh, Jason uh, Aaron. Okay, oh, that would be good. Really yeah, great. Yeah, but I'm yeah, sure he'd do it. I'm sure. Yeah, that's that's my choice, Jason Aaron. And yeah. it was it was Warner Brothers that put out the DVD as part of the Hanna Barbera Hanna Barbera okay. Classic Collection available on their shop online. There you go. Two for Hanna Barbera. Yeah. No, three. Top Cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three for Hanna Barbera. <laughs> They're representing. Yeah. Yes. Okay, I could easily go for another one, but uh. I am going to go with uh, Clue. Clue is my second okay. choice. The board game. Right. And the movie. Okay. Um, yeah. And the movie, <laughs> uh, which I do like the movie, but I would like this as uh, an anthology television show a la American Horror Story. And I think that there's a couple of ways you could do this, right? You keep the setting, right? The house, your, your, your knives out type house and stuff like that, right? You keep your characters. But I want similar to the way that the endings would like they had different endings for the movie. Every season is just a different take of the same situation. Okay. Right. You just play it out differently. Somebody else is the murderer, right? That you can, you could keep some of the character dynamics as as the same, or you can kind of reinvent the characters whole cloth. Right. And this is where like, I go back and forth on this too. Like you could either have the same actors playing the characters every season, but they can, they have the freedom to do something different with it. Or you just recast the different actors. Right, have a like, new so Professor Plum. Have a new Professor Plum every season. <laughs> have a new. My, my only thing is I want I want them to do Master Clue, right? Which you know was a was a version of Clue was a deluxe version of Clue in the eighties. It had like extra rooms and stuff like that. It had um and some extra characters in there too, mm. which you should try and track down. It's hard to track down, but it's like if you're a Clue fan, it's it just extends the game. It makes it a lot more fun, but. Uh, I know also that there was at one point. Um, well, I think there is a movie in development. 
be perfectly. I think Ryan Reynolds is attached to a movie, but I also heard that I think maybe it was in Philadelphia that they were going to do like a limited run of like Clue as a as a stage play. Mm. And I would love that, too. That sounds good. Yeah. But yeah, anthology TV for Clue. That'd be a fun one, especially after Knives yeah. Out, like I can picture it, because Knives Out was a very Clue type of movie. Yeah, it was actually. So, all right. So, Clifton, number three. Uh, number three. Uh, this one is something that in the, in the era of limited edition television or limited series television that we're in right now, I still can't believe has not happened in any form. And it's the adaptation of the novel, The Adventures of Cavalier and Clay. Wow. Oh, good one. Yeah, it's good. I mean, there's just, there's, that would be its perfect form, would be a limited series, like a, you know, a short run TV series, and then tell the whole story, and then you're done. Uh, more so than a movie, I think, uh, to keep the, the episodic nature of, of the stuff that they're creating in the book itself, because uh, it has a lot to do with Golden Age comics and in early yeah. days of comic books. And I can't believe I can't believe it's never materialized after all the attempts there have been in all the years since it came out. Yeah. No, one of my favorite books of all time. I love this book. Yeah. It was not on my list. It didn't occur to me to put it on my list. But yeah. So who are you thinking? Like Netflix, HBO? Yeah. I mean, like either HBO or Netflix, that type of like, you know, premium prestige yeah. <laughs> treatment. Somebody yeah. to put some money into it because right. because you got to do like like 19... Uh, like 1940s yeah aesthetic to it right yeah and and let it run just however long it needs to run and that's it <laughs> like that that type gotcha. of storytelling just to you know get the story out there and then you'd be done with it so would you do anything with the with the actual escapist stuff or would it just be or would it just be the the, the them you know the two characters the the main characters cavalier and clay would you just be them or would you actually have like anything show any of the escape like Part of the reason I asked like is because what they envision Frank, as escapist. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would definitely be part of the fun of it, I think. And and there is a version you can find online where somebody did some test uh, footage for something like that, like uh, the escapist okay. material when one of these things is being developed. And okay. I think that would be fun to see. Yeah. That'd yeah. be very cool too. Yeah. So, you know, if, if, for those of you who don't know, so the book has, uh, it's sort of about like these two comic creators, like in the forties and every, but the books has like these chapters of that you're reading in prose, the comic books that they're writing. Yeah. And so, it, yeah, that was going to be my question to you, Clifton is how would you do that? Would you do that as live action and kind of shoot them like superhero movies or would you do like an animation thing? Right. Would you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure about that. I definitely want to see it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how it would be best served, but I I think it would be cool to, I mean, really either, either way would be cool. But I think if you, if you had like a striking visual change, right. Right. Like uh, I'm going to get, I'm going to get some more groans and hate mail for this. If you could make it visually look kind of like Batman and Robin, (laughs) right. Like, like really kind of like, like really gaudy. Is what I mean, right? <laughs> and make okay. it look super comic booky, huh? You know, I think okay. it could be really cool. Set apart, kind of like the 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 nineteen forties New York. Sure, you know my thing. <laughs> yeah, not on my list, but I've thought about it though too. Yeah, a no, lot. That's great. Yeah. No, it's that's a, a good choice. Yeah, it's a great choice. Oh yeah, I would love to see it. Okay, Tommy, number three. Huh, number three. Now, uh, I'm not. It's, a lot of the stuff that I grew up on has come to fruition, so I have to bring it something more recent. Unfortunately, one book that I recently read that I was surprised that I would like, but I don't think it got the treatment it should have gotten based upon the director at that time. I figured, due to his name and his prestige and um, his greatest hits, that it's the. I think someone felt that's the best they'll ever become. So they're not going to revisit it or they're going to not going to attempt to uh, uh, redo something of that director's uh, value. And what I'm referring to is on uh, Ready Player One. Okay. Now, okay. I didn't think much of it when when a lot of people are talking about it till I read the book. The book is basically a love letter to the 80s. 
and it, it, it's really steep more in Dungeons and Dragon, and it's ties to technology and where it might go for this day and age. And ironically, it has a lot of people doing distance learning through it, but it's more thought out and played out using technology to that extent. But I don't think it was ever touched upon outside of of stopping the bad guy. And to me, mm. the visuals, or at least the world that it the the world that it was in, was never really truly seen past what the movie showed. And on top of that, I think it was stunted in the movies because the person attached to it had a lot of his um catalog from the 80s, so it's never visited. I think it didn't get a fair shake on this adaptation and which it should have become. It's, you know, it's more along the lines of it's been stunted as far as what it could have um, developed or grown into. So I would like that to be revisited, but it's fairly too new a property and for that to even happen. I'd rather wait like a good 20 years before somebody even considers something of that magnitude to be revisited in that fashion. So ready player one. Okay, so you're talking, so you're talking like, like more based off of the book. Oh no, yeah, is what you mean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because uh, so Steven Spielberg did this pretty recently. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, for me, I didn't really have any interest in seeing this movie. I never read the book. To me, this movie looked like the trailers as as much as everybody got excited about it. I had a friend that like sent me this, and I could feel his passion in the text. Like, you gotta see this. And I'm just like, it looks like Easter egg the movie. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? But the one thing that kind of had me a little intrigued was that Spielberg is kind of the guy responsible for like the kind of movie that we love in some ways. We kind of touched upon, touched upon this in another episode, but I just, I thought that it was kind of intriguing to see Spielberg essentially kind of doing himself. After the fact, like commenting on himself and his you own work through this movie. Yeah. Well, that's the that's the irony of it. Yeah. He doesn't touch any of his properties. That's why he did what the thing we did with Kubrick. Mm-hmm. He shied away from it. There's a bit in the in the book in which through technology, you're able to act out a movie role. And they made a part of the game. In which think about a future now in which VR, you can put in a movie instead of watching it, you know, the lines to a T. So you can virtually be the character. In the surrounding, you know, what scenes next, you know what you have to do, you have to re- interact and things of that nature. And one was one of his. Right. So we don't get that at all. We get whatever um, Spielberg presented based sure. upon his friend Kubrick. So it was it was he uses elements from the book to create a new story, one that was just hinted upon in the book. And I, and then he didn't even bring to fruition the whole thing about education, which okay. ironically is being done now. I see. OK, that's it, it. People who read the book, it's almost as if let's say the book is 10 chapters. He visits maybe two. And uses the characters from all 10. Uh, okay, so that's I mean you can so say that it's, about it's like, it's it's like a shallow uh, take on very it. shallow yeah. take yeah but I, like, I like, get that that's what most movies do nowadays so it's it but it to me it could have been something more than what we were given based upon okay. the magnitude of the director okay so that yeah I would love to see interesting that choice yeah. yeah that's all okay Frank. Uh, so for my third one is kind of an obscure, fairly, fairly obscure um, series. But again, it's another one that I kind of, I'm surprised by its pedigree that it wasn't, it, it's never been, I would really heard much about it until I did some research on it to see if anything was going to be done with it. But I think I've mentioned before, it was an animated series. It only was on for one season back in 86. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Galaxy High. Oh, I thought you were going to say dinosaurs. <laughs> no, not dinosaurs. No, no. I was, yeah, I was a big Galaxy High fan as well. Yeah, I thought it you would say Galaxy it, Rangers, but go ahead. No, it was just, it was, it just edge up dinosaurs. They were, they were on the cusp. But uh, Galaxy High is basically a show that was on, for, it only ran 13 episodes. It was on CBS on Saturday mornings. Um, and basically it's about two teenagers from Earth, uh, Doyle and Amy. And Doyle is like the typical prototypical uh, 
four letterman um jock super superstar jock who's kind of a douche right he's pretty much flash thompson and then amy who is um who's like the the, the incredible brain she's the smartest kid at school yeah, she's smartest like, kid at school yeah <laughs> right <laughs> so they they basically get a chance to go to galaxy high they're like exchange students at galaxy high and well you know even doyle from the beginning is like i oh, don't worry i got you know it's, it'll be fine it'll be great and she's worried about it and once they get there it's an immediate flip of the situation where like she's the most popular kid in school and he's the the subject of like the target of the bullies that are there at school and i loved it, 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 it back in 86 i thought it was a great concept and like i said only ran for a season um it was developed by chris columbus oh the director. cool <laughs> you know it was of home alone like, yeah yes yeah <laughs> it was developed by chris chris columbus and then I did some more research and I didn't realize that the John K who created Ren Stippy was a character designer for it. <laughs> oh, that makes, that no makes sense. If you've seen the show. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to attempt yeah. to say his name. I think it's John Chris Felusi. That's it. I think that's, I, I think th- he nailed it. Okay. <laughs> good, good job there, Zach. But yeah, I, I was just going to go with John K, but yeah, he was, <laughs> he was one of the main character designers for it. And it was, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's your typical high school, you know, kind of, drama or not drama but your comedy drama show but it's set you know and again in a lot of ways it reminds me of if you watch rick and morty and a way a lot of the way that they treat their aliens as if you know a lot of the background aliens and stuff they don't look humanoid some of them do but for the most part if you're a fan of like rick and morty there's not a lot of aliens that are just you know like you know different colored humans right they're not blue Mm. humans They're, they're they're really alien aliens you know they're really kind of Again, a lot of care and time is put into the designs, and I think it's one of those shows that, again, if it was done live action or even if it was done as just a reboot animated, I think would be great. That show was so creepy to me. <laughs> and I watched, and I, and mind you, I watched every episode, but one stood out more where uh, Milo turned into a mannequin. Uh huh. That creeped me out. Like Twilight Zone creeped me out. Yeah. I mean, I. I it's a weird love hate with that show. I know exact. I've seen every episode. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's one of right. those cartoons in which the intro is the uh, basically the uh, uh, synopsis of the first episode. Yes. Yeah. 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 No, I, <laughs> I remember that show to a T. Oh, that ugh, creeped me out. So yeah, that's the one. I, I mean, it's again, it's really obscure. You can see the. I know the. I don't know where if it shows anywhere. It might be on YouTube. I know you can definitely see, find the opener, the the theme song on YouTube just to give you the premise to give you an idea what it looks like. I like the animation style. I like the stories, like the characters. I think it'd be a lot of fun to redo if you're looking for a new, you know, a new fun reboot. If you're not going to watch or do uh save by the bell, just letting you know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Yes. So my third one is dinosaurs. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But at this point, I mean, we're going to have to, we're going to have to put the intro to this up too, just for, (laughs) To come up it three has times. a good opening theme song yeah it does have a good opening theme song no okay so tommy so you had mentioned really quick in your last one like movies that you that you could like recite top to bottom yeah okay so for mine this is one of those movies so i'm gonna say major league <laughs> okay okay I need as to a that. tv show i've been waiting months to say this on the show somewhere and this is my fi- finally <laughs> yes. my opportunity. Yeah, that's the only reason why we're doing the podcast. That reason yes. is there. Exactly. Like this is the that. last we one. Can hang it up after that. This is the last up. episode, guys. Close it down. The- no, yes. okay. <laughs> we did it, guys. We did it. No, so major like one of my favorite movies of all time. Watch this one as a kid for some reason. I don't know why my parents let me watch this as a kid. It's not. A, uh, it's R rated, but not not a terrible R rated. Anyway, so this is a movie that came out in 1989, direct, written and directed by David Ward. Uh, starred uh, Tom Berenger, Ch- uh, Charlie Sheen, Corbin Burnson, Rene Russo, all of this stuff. And, and you know, it's about, you know, the Cleveland Indians <laughs> who are the worst team in baseball. And I just think doing this property on TV would just let you expand on the story. So for one reason, you, you could do you could do the season of baseball as a whole season instead of in a movie. Right. Mm hmm. I want this to be like recasting everybody. I don't want to do like a like a thirty year later, and we're gonna see you know uh, Ricky Vaughn's kids now in baseball and stuff. I think that that's right. a little trite at this point. We've seen that a lot of times. Wearing the same glasses. Yeah, 
I just want, I want to see, like, I mean, you're going to have to find some actors with charisma that are going to, that are going to want to work on television for this. But I think that you have potential to do expanding on some of the characters, seeing a bit more. You can, you know, you, you have an avenue where like you can introduce like players, wives and girlfriends into the mix and kind of have like, like relationship drama stuff mm-hmm. played out there because i mean in the movie there is a little bit with um corbin burnson's character his wife has got a, like a small small bit in there um and i just think it'd be cool to see that like expanded upon you do flashback right. episodes where you could see the managers when they were players you could see like like jake taylor and the miners and like vaughn's brushes with the law and like serrano and like cuba when he was a player <laughs> voodoo doctor yeah. and dorn in his heyday when he was good before before like before he became, um, you know, a high priced talent and everything, and got kind of soft. <laughs> so this nice. is all. This is off the first one, not the second one, correct? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah you know what I mean. I, and I think I think the second one kind of went in some interesting into some interesting avenues mm-hmm. where, like, like kind of the edge was taken off of of Vaughn a little bit. Charlie Sheen's character when he started, like, you know, making money, becoming su- successful, and stuff like that, and so kind of the bad boy image gets kind of sanded down a little bit. And I think that there's some fun avenues there, but um, yeah, I mean, I think the sequels hearts are in the right place, but there was, there was an absolute like difference in feel, you know? Mm. And so pardon the pun that was out from left field. So, I mean, so you guys have like <laughs> nothing to say <laughs> about this one. Cause you weren't expecting no, I, it. I'm I, sure. I don't, I don't think it's a bad idea. I think it's pretty cool. Okay. Okay, so I guess then to to start wrapping up then, what was a a property that came back that you didn't know you were ready for? All right, I got one. And it's something that had been around a while. Like, I thought it was oversaturated, or at least it wasn't oversaturated. Then all of its clones and everything like it was oversaturated until it came back. And that was Mad Max Fury Road. (laughs) Okay. Like Mad Max had become kind of a cliche. Like, I mean, the the originals are great. Like they're great movies, but just the notion of Mad Max just became such a cliche for, you know, a generic post-apocalyptic kind of thing. Like using all the tropes yeah, of like right, scarce yeah. resources. Like, you know, like you could see those, like your, your master blaster, you're like your guy hoarding all the oil or whatever it is this time. And it just became such a cliche trope of post-apocalyptic worlds until, like, George Miller stepped back in the ring and was like, no, this is how you do it, and got it right, like he did the first time. Okay. No, I'm with you. Uh, I think about Mad Max Fury Road every day. <laughs> every day? Every single day. Especially behind the wheel, I think about right? it, how awesome that movie is. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Jeez. Every day? Every day. Yeah. It's God. not an exaggerated. Yeah, that movie blew me away. My eyes pop open first thing in the morning. <laughs> mad, 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 mad. <laughs> Time to spray that silver paint on your face. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so shiny. Shiny. Okay. Wow. Yeah, no. Good pick. A lot of good picks, Clifton. Good one. All right. Tommy, what do you got? <laughs> well, I've been um Surprised by Clifton's pick, I will say. I was gonna think just simple as Voltron. Ah, yeah, that was mine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Voltron. I didn't care for it yeah, when they announced it. I was like, sure, whatever. And then I saw it, and I was, uh, it was nice. It was great, well thought out. Um, different aspects of it they emphasized. They they gave homage to the lore of it to an extent, um, more than I thought they would. I thought it'd be campy and dumb. <laughs> Um, but it, it, it reeled me in. I watched it from top to bottom. Some episodes more than, uh, repeatedly. So yeah, the, I didn't ask for Voltron, nor, nor was I expecting it at all, but they gave it to me in a um, great way. Yeah. Yeah, My take on Voltron that I've said, I think I may have said before on the show is that like, I was a fan of the Voltron cartoon as a kid. But like this Voltron is somehow the show we thought we all watched. Like yeah. they somehow made the show we all imagined it was back then when it wasn't. But now yeah. it is, and it's great. Oh yeah. yeah. 
just to clarify, we're talking about Voltron Legendary Defender from Netflix. Yes. Yeah. No, I think I think I said on the on the March Madness tournament that I mean I can't think of a show in animation that like reinvented itself every season better than this show. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Another good one. And now I gotta think of one <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> to say. All right. Frank, property uh that was rebooted or that came back that you didn't realize you were ready for? Uh for me it was it's it's pretty simple. I I've said quite a few times, you know, growing up with Star Wars, I, I turned my nose up at Battlestar Galactica. I'm like, I don't I don't need this. I have <laughs> Star Wars. I don't have some I don't need some kind of cheap, you know, plywood door knockoff. And then you know, I heard people talking about the reboot, the Ron Moore stuff and, and how good it was. And even knowing so much about the first couple of seasons, I still watched it, enjoyed it, you know, enjoyed it till the end. It's a great show. I mean, to take the concept that they had and expound upon it and make it so much better and make it so much cooler. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, I always tell people when they ask me about it, I'm like, yeah, it's it's a heavy drama that happens to have killer robots in it. You know, it's one of those things where you don't always get that kind of depth when you're involved with killer robots. But I think for me, the the Battlestar Galactica reboot definitely, you know, is one of the much better, if not one of the best reboots ever. I'm with you. I love it. I love Battlestar. Yeah. It's a good one. All right. I'm still thinking about one. <laughs> um no okay Ooh, i got one no i got one i got one okay okay so mine uh i'm gonna say uh oceans 11 all right okay yeah. um all right both both the george clooney version right because mm-hmm. i just thought it was a, it was like oh they're kind of doing like a rat pack and i love like like i love heist movies also so we're doing like another version of the rat pack today uh, but also, I'll go one further. I'll also say Ocean's 8, which I really, right. really like. That was the Sandra Bullock-led one that was like the all-female um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was good. Uh, sequel. I thought it was really, really good. Yeah, uh, really I hope well they done. do more. I really do. I would happily sit through more of it. I, I would like, you know, Ocean's 9 and 10, and then we complete <laughs> the series. We got 8 through 13. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah, so that's mine. This is a fun one. I'm curious. So how much do you guys have left on your list? I'm just wondering, is this something that we want to pick up for a second episode sometime? I mean, I'm sure I'd always have more. I have a couple. uh, Actually, I only had one other from my list of backups because some were taken by other people. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll revisit this down the road. Yeah. I thought this is a fun one. So, all right. So that's it for our properties with unmined potential wish list. Uh, tell us which ones you want to see get made in the comments. And while you're there, if there's a topic you want to hear us discuss, go ahead and leave a suggestion and we might just use it on the air. Also, please check out our website at letmenowhowitis.com where you can catch up on all our past episodes as well as find notes, links, and examples to some of the things that come up in conversation. You can also find a link and subscribe to our YouTube channel there as well. And finally, don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash let me know how it is and follow us on Twitter at our show's initials, L-M-K-H-I-I. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we will see you next time. <laughs>